a Radio 191 FM podcast. Radio 191 FM. Right now I'm joined by Professor Murray Ray from the Department of Theology. Morena to you. Good morning, Jamie. Thanks for having me. You are more than welcome. You're more than welcome. You're in here today because we're going to be talking about a conference that's beginning tomorrow called Beyond Conflict, Evolution, Science and God. Uh, it's a hot topic. Uh, I guess it's been a hot topic for 160 odd years. Um, there have been uh, many battles uh, between, you know, for want of a better word, between science and religion. Um, a, a big one, I guess, was Dover in the United States, and I mentioned that to you slightly off air earlier on. Um, there was a big one, you know, intelligent design versus evolution being taught in school. Um, it's a complicated area of debate. It's full of hard heads um, and harder beliefs, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and as the title suggests, I guess, of this conference, you want to go beyond that conflict between science and faith. Um, but can can we go beyond it? Uh, there's fundamentals on both sides. Um, you know, it, it's really a be-all and end-all mentality, really, to the debate, isn't it? Can we go beyond the conflict when looking at this? Yeah, well, I think um, the conflict's been much overplayed, actually, in popular conception. There certainly have been moments in the history of theology and science where there has been some disagreement. But I think over the question of evolution, for example, which is a bit of a hot topic uh, in the United States especially, Mm. um, the idea of a conflict is certainly not agreed upon by uh, the majority of Christians. Most have no difficulty with evolution as an account of the mechanisms by which life has emerged uh, on on Earth. But the conflict really is driven by some fundamentalism amongst some Christians who read the Bible in a rather naive way, Mm -hmm. as if it were a scientific account, particularly the the, the account in, in Genesis, but also I have to say by fundamentalism on the part of some scientists oh, who, yes. who have dogmatisms <laughs> of their own yeah. and make claims about the nature of reality that far exceed their scientific competence. So that kind of ignorance and fundamentalism on both sides is what drives a conflict. But as I say, the majority of Christians in the middle have no difficulty with the, the coexistence of science and faith. I think I know exactly who you're talking about on the science side of things. <laughs> uh, and, and I guess that's one of the things, right? I mean, this, you said it's kind of overplayed. Is it the media that's overplaying it quite a bit as well? Because you're seeing debates on the BBC, you know, you're seeing, you, you know, they're deliberately putting um, debates on all the time because, one, it, it brings in a lot of viewers. It's very mm-hmm. interesting. Um, uh, well, I guess that's the only argument for it because um, it's not probably really doing anything for any argument um, having those those things play out on air. Yeah, well, I think a better discussion it. probably goes on off air, to, yeah. be, to be fair. Um, and media, of course, is driven by this kind of sensationalism. Mm. Um, uh, it, it kind of uh, is like vultures around any kind of conflict or sign of conflict and often tries to throw fuel on the flames just to get the story to attract attention and so on. Yeah. yeah. So most of that isn't actually all that helpful. Um, but as we'll see with some of the speakers at this conference, there are very able scientists who are Christian oh, yes, and have no difficulty at all in reconciling the two. Very much so. Um, so what, let's have a look at what, what are some of the questions you'll be looking at this um, this weekend and who is going to be trying to answer them, I guess, in a way. Yeah, well, there is a bit of a focus on the evolution question in particular, mainly because that that's the one that's got a lot of media attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Part of the purpose of the conference is trying to show that actually um, theology and e- evolutionary theory can get along quite happily. Yeah. Um, there are 
points of interest for discussion, of course, um, and both theology and science are works in progress. Um, so part of our purpose, too, is to try and deepen understanding and hopefully extend uh, our knowledge of, of these things. But we have some pretty able people coming. Um, Andy Gosler, for instance, has attracted quite a lot of interest. He was interviewed by Kim Hill on Saturday morning, mm-hmm. and there was a big spread in the ODT on Saturday about him. He's actually a, a world-leading ornithologist, expert in birds, but in recent years has been particularly interested in what he calls ethno-ornithology, which is the intersection of human culture and bird life, uh, particularly focusing on indigenous uh, peoples. Mm-hmm. But he's got lots of interesting things to say, obviously an expert on the evolution of bird life itself. Yep. Um, and as Kim Hill drew attention to, um, relatively recent convert to Christianity from kind of atheistic Background or and Judaism actually he was he was uh, raised in a Jewish family, but interestingly it was Richard Dawkins actually who prompted him. Yeah, um, yeah irritated him, <laughs> irritated yeah. him so much that he encouraged him to look into Christianity for himself. And now he's an Anglican priest, so you know he wow. he's obviously a very able scientist who holds faith and the science together. And that one's really interesting, I guess, because when we look at um, the work that's gone on with evolution within Aotearoa, a lot of it is to do with um, with birds. Yep, we've sure. looked at uh, um, a lot of um, the the especially between Kia and Kaha. Um, we've, we've looked, um, not Ki and Kaka, yeah, yeah, Kaka. Um, there's been a lot of work to see um, how where they were from, where they, um, you know, if they come from the same line. So I, I guess he's um, got an expert read on that. Yeah, well, you're getting well outside my sphere of expertise now, Jay. <laughs> certainly, I, I think Andy's pretty keen on being in New Zealand because of the richness of our, our bird life. Yeah. Sadly, of course, as you allude to, uh, a good deal of it's been decimated by, yes. by human occupation of the land. Um, but still, it's a, it's a fascinating place for an ornithologist to come. Yeah, without um, Actually, I think he's heading out to the Albatross Centre today and hopefully getting up close and personal with a few Albatross. Oh, nice, uh, nice. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, uh, New Zealand is a, um, a wonderful place for, for bird life, and Dunedin very much is Indeed, pretty yeah. much the hub for that, uh, unless we're looking at mountain parrots and whatnot. All right, um, who else uh, do we have speaking? So um, the other keynote speaker uh, f- from overseas um, is Professor Barbara Rossing. She's actually a biblical scholar from Chicago, um, but she'll be talking about biblical material in the context of evolution and so on, particularly human evolution. Uh, and again, she's a scholar who has no difficulty in reconciling uh, the two, mm-hmm. so she'll be sharing some of her insight with us uh, on that topic. When we start to talk about reconciling the two, are we talking about, I mean, what what is, because we see creationism and then we see um, the idea of intelligent design, is that is that what we're talking about when we're talking about reconciling the, the two, um, or do you, or, or is there a belief in the Darwinism side of ev- evolution, I mean... Yeah, well, where do you look at it? Different terms are bandied around, like creationism, um, which is a, basically names a fairly naive attitude amongst some Christians that the Genesis account of creation is a scientific account. Yeah. It took place in seven days, 4,000 years before Christ and so on. Now, that's simply naive. It's not a good reading of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't appreciate the kind of parabolic nature of the creation story. But theology and science are actually asking different questions. Science is asking about the material changes uh, in the universe, investigating those, and it does so with great success, no question about that. Um, But it is focused on material realities. 
Whereas theology is asking questions about whether there is an intelligence behind the order of the universe, whether reality is directed to some purpose or not. Now, these are not scientific questions. They're not questions about matter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're questions about purpose and meaning and intelligence and so on. So science as science can have nothing really to say about that. Um, so there's no necessary conflict between theology and science. They're interested in the same reality, the nature of the universe, but they're asking different questions about it. Um, the problem comes when um, naive readers of scripture treat it as scientific material, which it's not, mm -hmm. or naive scientists pre um, presume to be able to pronounce on theological questions that are actually well beyond their realm of competence. How come the naive fundamentalists in the United States, for example, have such, you know, are allowed to have such a loud voice? If we look at the debates that are going on in different school districts, and especially in the Bible Belt in the South, yeah. uh, which has a big evangelical population, they seem to have the biggest voice of all. Um, where are the theologians in that debate? Well, it's alarming to me, and of course, the so-called evangelical community in the US at the moment is guilty of all kinds of betrayals, I think, <laughs> of, of Christ, the Christian gospel, um, particularly in its, its support for Trump, amongst white evangelicals, of course, that mm -hmm. is. Having said that, um, I have many evangelical friends in the United States, and most of them are horrified mm -hmm. by the kind of naive fundamentalism that is driving that culture right now. I, I'm flabbergasted as to why it has so much influence. Um, I deeply regret the fact that it does. Um, there's something culturally going on in America, yeah. I think. Um, but I, I, it's increasingly the case that Christians throughout the rest of the world um, are obliged to say, I think, that the white evangelicalism in America um, is moving further and further away from theological coherence understanding of the gospel yeah and that's manifest in its attitude to evolution it's also manifest in its politics right now um yeah i mean i guess that's an interesting one as well because i mean isn't isn't the bible for your own interpretation in a way anyway um certainly it's legitimate for each of us to read the bible to seek to understand it and so on but it would be stupid for me as a Christian to suppose that I can do that in complete disregard yeah. of everybody else, just as a, as a scientist would be silly to try and pursue their own scientific inquiries in complete disregard with what, of what the rest of the scientific community was saying. Uh, we have needed each other to yeah. correct and inspire and guide us in our thinking. So by all means, try to understand, but attempt to do that on your own without the benefit of uh, scholarship and so on seems a little crazy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, <clears throat> I guess in a lot of ways that um, it may not be as accessible to do that perhaps for, for a lot of um, Christians or unless they I mean I guess you could seek it right but well I'm not sure about accessibility I think there's a kind of intellectual laziness and stubbornness <laughs> um, which might lead any of us to reject the views of others uh, and to reject the wisdom of others but that's not a commendable quality I don't think. Um, one of the things you're touching on um, one of the questions I read was how did religious people in Russia and non-western countries can conceive of evolution um, where does does evolution play? You know, is it, is it big in those parts of the world? The West seems to um, to have um, been impacted 
by evolution quite greatly um, with countries becoming more secular whether or not that's because of the that argument of, of evolution or not I don't know um, but we don't know much about what goes on in non-western countries um, and I'd say um, South America it's not a country it's a continent but um, it's, you know the vast majority of the population is Catholic um, what's their take on it do you know yeah well, I think the greatest resistance to evolution comes in North America um, yeah. South America is predominantly Catholic, of course, mm. and the Catholic Church has announced on a number of occasions that evolution is uh, the most credible account going around of how um, species adapt and evolve and so on. But that's relatively, that's relatively new. Um, it's relatively recent, but that yeah. is the official Catholic position. I mean, but, you know, like, like we say with, with the fundamentalists in America, they're not necessarily listening to those... Um, uh, higher up, you know, they're not necessarily looking, listening to the arguments. So, uh, are the Catholics in South America are they listening to what the Pope's saying? Uh, to be honest, I'm not expert in this area, Jamie, in terms of South American religion, but I'm not aware that it's a it's a hotbed of resistance to evolution. I think yeah. North America is really where that is is most prominent. <laughs> North America. <laughs> Oh, it must be hard. Like well, you've said it already, it must be hard to look on in America and see what's happening at the moment with 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 um, with God. Um, one would imagine it divides the country even more along those secular lines, um, and would turn away more from the flock than it would, and dare more to become, you know, to find God. Sorry, just, can you just rephrase that? I'm oh, not well, quite sure I'm grasping the question. Well, the, the argument that's going on in the States and, and, and the conflict that's going on between evolution and and, and, um, and God, it, it seems to me that would probably turn more away from the church than lead them to the uh, church. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, no, I think that is likely. Um, some interesting research was recently done in New Zealand, actually, and I think there are probably parallels with the States. Um, and And the research question was, what are the kind of key blockers to engagement with Christian faith amongst the general populace. In New Zealand, um, some churches' attitude to homosexuality came out as number one. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, a kind of naivety about science figures as well, I think, uh, as a reason why particularly science students, but others too, um, don't want anything much to do with Christianity. And that's unfortunate because, as I say, um, there's no inherent reason for there to be conflict between science and faith. And if we look at the history of science, um, many, many prominent scientists have been Christians. Um, and particularly Charles Darwin was a Christian. Well, yeah, he, he, was, he was kind of on the edges. Um, but you go back further to the, to the Galileo and Copernicus. Oh, of course, and, of course. You know, the church was the major sponsor of science in mm. those days. Um, and and just about every prominent scientist you can think of in that era was was committed Christian. There's even evolutionary scientists now, big ones that are Christian. Oh, themselves. absolutely, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. indeed. Yeah, yeah uh, and I, I've watched a few of them speak, uh, and they're they're quite impressive. Yeah, well, Francis Collins is a case in point. Very prominent scientist who led the Genome Project in the US mm -hmm. became the chief science advisor for Barack Obama, um, and a very prominent, well-known Christian in the States. Yeah, I've, I've talked to a few people about the Genome Project. It's, it's very interesting yeah, stuff. It is. It's amazing. It's amazing yeah. stuff. I, um, actually, um, a former Otago um, professor is uh, in Cambridge doing work on oh, the Genome. Right? Uh -huh. yeah, yeah. Um, oh, James. I can't remember his name. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Anyway, um, right. So are we looking at... 
When it comes to the questions that you are asking, and um, are you looking at these questions? Are we finding an answer to them this weekend? Um, I'm not sure whether we're providing definitive answers, but hopefully we'll extend our understanding Mm -hmm. um, of some of the big questions uh, we face in human life. Um, And hopefully, too, a little bit of attention to not only how theology relates to science, uh, but how we address some of the big challenges together, like climate change and so on. Now, that's not a key focus of the conference, but I think one of the values of bringing theology and science together in conversation um, is to help us understand better the challenges we face in terms of our habitation of the environment. Prominent scientists recently said that, I used to think that science could solve climate change, but I now realise the biggest change needs to come in human hearts and minds. Mm. And uh, theology is in that territory, of course. So working together on these sorts of questions is really important. That's right, because when we talk about the Bible Belt, we're also talking about the Rust Belt. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. so it's very important. Coal and God kind of go together, I think, hand in hand in the States. Um, So that's wonderful. And and you're right. I mean, um, no matter the divides, we all inhabit the same planet. Uh, and we've all got to do our best to look after it, and, and there shouldn't really be a divide anyway. And what you what you're really pointing out is there isn't a div- isn't a divide in the question b- between evolution and God, and there shouldn't ha- and there doesn't have to be. Um, so it sounds absolutely fascinating, and people can still get um, soon, still come along to days. And I think it's probably really important um, for people who are in the sciences at Otago um, studying to go along. Yeah, indeed. Um, so registrations of closed for the conference but we've had a few inquiries from people who want to come along and hear Andy Gosler or uh, Barbara Rossing or whoever it might be so um, we've decided that you can pay a small fee to attend one-off lectures during the conference so just rock up at the registration desk and we'll be glad to have you there. Yeah and where is the registration desk going to be? Um, That's a really good question. Can you look at our website if you're interested? I should know this, but I've forgotten exactly where we're going to be. All right, yeah, just go go to the, the Department of Theology. It's, it's, yep. Actually, it's in the commerce. It's in the commerce. It's in the commerce. There yep, we go. Yep. It's in the commerce building. Sorry, sorry I sh- about that. I should be on the hop there, James. I should have known that too, but I didn't. I couldn't find it anywhere. So, uh, all right. Well, thank you so much for coming in. It's been uh, it's been wonderful to have you here. Thank you for taking the time out this morning. Thanks, Jamie. It's a pleasure. And have um, have a fantastic conference and um, enjoy the rest of your day. That was the Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.